I want to welcome you listeners again to another podcast of Your Greatest Show. Today, we have a guest, Jason Alcott, who is a husband, father of three girls. Man, that is enough reason alone to have you on the show there, Jason. A <laughs> business leader, an author, a creator influencer with his own YouTube channel. But most importantly, he's a patient farmer. He's one that sows seeds so that he and his family can enjoy the fruits of life well into the future. And that's what I hope to dive into today. But Jason, I want to welcome you. And before I really get going, can I ask you to give us a little more intel about you? Who are you and, you know, what brought you to where you're at today? Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much again for the opportunity to be here. Uh, it's an honor to be here. I'm excited about what you're working on. Um, and yeah, so I'm a husband, father of three little girls. I got yeah. a four-year-old, a three-year-old. And at this filming, I've got a nine-week-old baby girl. So oh, wow. we have Congrats. a very fun and full house right now. It's, it's a party. Um, and I grew up just outside of Vancouver, where I am today in the Vancouver area. Um, and I have a business background. I have a business degree from a local Christian university. And kind of worked in sales and spent the last uh, six years, I guess it's been, in actually working with a construction firm here in the industry um, that's uh, been working as a general manager with them and kind of overseeing operations. So i got a great team of people that I get the opportunity to work with every day. And I get excited about going to work each day um, and being able to support that team and the growth that we've experienced over the last number of years. Um, and then in that process, you know, I, I've always wanted to write a book. <laughs> I'm sure there's probably a lot of your listeners that are like that as well. But a handful of years ago, I kind of woke up and it was like, you know what, this book's never going to write itself. And, uh, and I, so I sat down and started, started doing the work of, of writing this book. And that came out last year. And it's funny, you say that I'm a patient farmer. I think that, yes, I, I've, I've learned so much in writing this book called the sewing principle about, you know, what, what we do and how we can sow into the future, but I'm actually not a very outdoorsy person. I'm very much <laughs> more of an inside guy. So you say a farmer, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't actually fit on a farm really well, but, but I do understand the, the principles of it, or at least I'm, I'm learning about them, I guess you would say. Yeah. Is that, uh, yeah. So. I love it. Hey, you, you're from, uh, you know, Canada. Farming yes. is, uh, that would be too cold for me. I got to tell you. So uh, yeah, only I'm certain farm, times I need year. to be down South. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Um, you, you lead a team of people in the construction in, uh, industry. Um, you know, many of us have a different picture of the, the type of human being that works within that industry. Um, a lot of times, and I'm not saying this is accurate, but a lot of times we think of the guy that didn't so what did not do as well in school. He's just, he started building and he uses his hands and all this is great, but we whether intentionally or unintentionally, sometimes marginalize them into not being as intelligent by being in this type of trade. And I'm definitely not saying that's right. I'm going somewhere with this question. What's it like leading in this industry where um, you have so many people that are not necessarily what I'm going to call business school people, but they're people that just work with their hands, their trades. I, I wouldn't think it changes anything, but do you run into, into any obstacles that make it more challenging than maybe another industry? That's a great question. I think, you know, when I first came in and started working with these folks, um, I came in with some investors that bought the business about six years ago and helped them with that transition and then ended up becoming sort of the general manager over time um, as that sort of worked. And, and, you know, when I first came in, I was a little bit 
put back by maybe some of the language or some of the roughness uh, of some of the people that were part of the team, but they're, they're incredible people. And if anything, what I've learned over those years is that there are incredible people with amazing skill sets and they're incredibly bright and very, very good at what they do. And what I think it took for us was just the time for them to learn, to be able to, to trust me that I wasn't, you know, that I was going to do what I said I was going to do, that I was going to be able to continue to support them and that I was going to be able mm-hmm. to be consistent. Right. Um, and, and that, I think we've got a good level of trust right now where we are able to work together. And I had to learn to trust them that, you know, what they were telling me was the truth. Um, but it was a great opportunity in that because I didn't have experience specifically out there, you know, with a nail and a hammer, I had to rely on their expertise for so many things uh, to be able to be able to take the business and to move it forward that I wasn't able to come up with solutions on my own without actually reaching out and working with the team very specifically. Mm. So it sort of forced me to not be as, as self-reliant and to be, you know, going in with that beginner's mindset. And I talk about that a lot, but like having that hunger and desire to learn and grow, like I didn't necessarily have the hunger, desire to learn and grow about construction, but I had no choice. Right. And so I got that opportunity and I've learned so much through that. I was kind of thrown into it, maybe not by choice, but by opportunity. And, and now I'm like, well, that's the best way to do it. Wow. <laughs> like really to get in there. Right. So. Oh, Jason, I could take that so many different avenues when it comes to leadership. You know, you talk about trust, um, gaining their trust, but I think oftentimes the hardest part of leadership is trusting others. Yeah. And so you hit on that and that, you know, I, I want so bad to go down there, but I'm not. Um, but, but I love that point you just made. And I love the point of, of, um, having to really lean on them to, to know certain things. Um, there's two levels of, of, in my opinion, when we're looking at leadership and influence, there's two aspects of it. There's the results side of it. And then there's the relationship side of it. And in order to gain a complete influence, I believe that you have to show and demonstrate results and have quality relationships. That I would like to explore a little bit. So why do you feel like you were able to succeed when maybe you didn't have the skills on the results side, but relied on them so that you could get the results? What, what about that allowed you to really elevate your, your leadership? I think it took me a, a lot of mistakes. <laughs> uh, it took, it took, took me a long time to recognize that idea of having relational capital, right? You know, you can't just lead by position and title. And you know that with your background Mm -hmm. with Maxwell and five levels of leadership. And, you know, it's one thing to read it and it's something else to live it. You know, you could, you can say, well, okay, so I'm here in this sort of quote unquote leadership position, but they don't, if there's no trust, because they know, I don't know how to do what they do. Right. If, if I don't bring that skill set to the table, but I bring my own skill set to the table, right. I bring my own skill set of business and background and, and leadership to the table. But it takes time to build that relational capital. And I had to learn to be patient to build the relational capital to be able to then make the changes that we needed to be able to make to help to continue to allow the business to move forward and to continue to be able to thrive. And that's, you know, the other part of that, that's one side of this coin. And the other part is making sure you've got the right people on the bus, Mm. you know, because having good people is so much more than just their skill set, right? It's people that, like you said, that you can trust and you can get a sense of who a person is and whether or not you're able to trust them or whether or not they're going to be maybe a detriment to the organization. You can get that feeling real quick, real fast, right? You can start to, you start to see who's telling you things that aren't necessarily true and who's, who are the people that are, are committed and are want to do great work and want to forward the organization and be better for the team. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to make sure 
you know, I, I've seen in myself in fact where we've been slow to let people go that maybe we should have faster and probably hired too fast and shouldn't have, you know, that that sort of dichotomy of bringing people on in leadership. But it, once you've got that team around you that you feel that, you know, they trust you and you trust them, that really that's when we really were able to sort of open things up. And I work with, you know, the great ownership team that, that opened up the doors for us to be able to run forward, right? So. Man, excellent. And I appreciate you just diving into that a little bit. You you mentioned this word again called patience. And I called you the patient farmer. And I again, I understand listeners, please understand we're not talking about actual farming, but we are talking about a book that Jason released recently called The Sewing Principle. Um, I think I got that right. Sewing yep, Principle. You got that. Yeah. And uh, the 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 book from what I get a sense of, and I have not had the chance to read it yet, Jason. I apologize to you, but that will happen. In the sense that I get with the sowing principle, it's all about being patient because of the seeds we plant. And so you're talking about how you've done that in your leadership, but can you talk about what I guess give me a synopsis of this book? I think I understand it, but what is the basis of the book? And maybe even more importantly, why did you write it? What do you hope that Scott Holman actually receives from this book? Yeah, so I, I wrote it because I recognized that, you know, I was reading some really great things. I love to read and I, I enjoy learning, but I was reading some really great things in the personal development space around the importance of what we do daily. So you know, there's great books out there like uh, The Compound Effect and The Slight mm -hmm. Edge uh, by Jeff Olson. And, and I love those books. Um, and But there was also sort of a, an opportunity I thought where I could connect some of those dots between the importance of what I do daily, but actually tying it into my own faith walk uh, and how I live out my life and my relationship with Christ. Um, and then, so I, I started to connect some of those dots and that's really what the sewing principle is, is really talking about the importance of what I do daily. So giving someone a framework to recognize you know, what are the areas in our life? What are the seeds that we're sowing in our life in all our aspects? So, but, but our thoughts, our words and our actions, you know, kind of being those core tenants and then also like our, our gifts and our talents and our abilities that we've been given. So I look at that, help you to define those pieces. So, so sometimes people aren't always aware they're like, Oh, I actually get to control my thoughts. Well, yeah, you do have an opportunity to control your thoughts, which then controls your, your words and your actions. Um, and your attitudes, right? So if you can get a handle on that and, and understand the importance of sowing those thoughts and those words and those actions on a daily basis, how's that going to play out for you over the long term? And it's not just in your professional life, but it's in your personal life. It's in your spiritual life, right? It's in your relationships, your relationship with your spouse, your relationships with your kids. And these are all things that even as I write the book, you know, you know I'm like constantly like, my dad, every once in a while, would remind me, like, maybe you should go back and read your own book because you're kind of making <laughs> some mistakes in this area right now. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm still human. Uh, I'm still learning. So I wrote the book because I, I saw that there was just this, there was an opportunity to connect these dots. The other thing that Sowing Principle talks about is that we're sowing seeds, not just for our future benefit or for reaping of a harvest in my life or things that I need, but also I'm sowing seeds for the future for what God wants to do in and through me for his kingdom, but you know, seeds for my children. Uh, you, I know you've got, I believe four children, if I think it was, but like, what am I doing to set up legacy for them and, and a future for them? Um, and also anything else that God wants to do in and through me. Sometimes it's too short sighted to think, well, I'm just sowing this seed so that I can invest it so that I can reap it in the next, you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years. I might be called to build something that is so much going to be part of something that's so much bigger than I am. Right. You know, when I hear you talk, a lot of us call that legacy, right? You're, you're yeah. sowing seeds to your legacy. Um, you, you speak about this a little bit in one of your videos, but so many of us struggle with the, 
the idea of planting seeds because it does take a lot of time for for us to to see it. Um, I'll tell you, I think you'll enjoy this. So one of the things I recently started doing, and and I'm, you know how you you do things, but you really want to develop the habit, and you're not doing it as well as you really want to, but you're still trying. Well, that's where I'm at with this one. Okay. Yeah. And it goes to a quote that I heard from Tony Robbins. I'm not sure he's the one that developed it, but it is. We tend to overestimate what we can do in a year, but underestimate what we can do in a lifetime. And that just really stung in the moment and and, and really uh, impacted me in the moment. So I'm like, you know what? I tend to live all these days. It's like I'm driving, 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 but I'll finish so many days frustrated. Did I get anything done today? Did I complete anything? And so what I started doing, and, and my my principle really came from the Bible too. You know, in the Old Testament, they they would actually mark great events, and they would create an altar uh, for remembrance. And so I said, you know what I'm going to do? And I created a little journal, and it's my goal every day just to write my win for the day. Oh, and it can awesome. be so small, and, and and when you're writing it in the day, it is so insignificant. But I got to tell you, it is so cool to look back six months, nine months in a year, and you realize how far those seeds that you sow daily actually have brought you in that that longer period of time. So um, just a cool idea, you know, if, if you've that. never used it, one, one yeah, that I no, use. That's a great idea, yeah. So we talk about the seeds. Why do you think so many people struggle, though, with the seed idea? Uh, because we, I mean, I, I guess I'm giving the answer here. It feels like we, we we want this overnight success. We see these influencers that have it all, but I don't guess it works that way. Why do we struggle? Well, yeah, yeah. everything around us is sort of telling us that we can have it all and we should be able to have it like overnight, right? And so we're, I think, you know, we fall for, I fall for this all the time, but the, this sort of silver bullet of like overnight success, like that's what's good, you know, I'm just waiting for my ship to come in, you know, we're waiting for this, this moment to happen. And, you know, I talk about it in, in varying different ways, but you know, in, in my faith journey, I think people wait, they're like, well, I'm waiting for God to give me that mountaintop moment where he shows me my purpose for my life. And I'm like, my personal experience, it's not often in the mountaintop moments or like of a conference or something like that, where those types of things gain clarity. It's in like through like relation, devotion, daily, you know, sowing into, but even in, in business and in work and everything else, we keep waiting for this quick fix. It's the 30 days to abs, you know, the perfect abs and the juice mm-hmm. cleanse to be healthy. But if we're at our core, when you think of, when you hear those things, right. When I tell you, Oh, you know, drink this juice for 30 days and you're going to be, you're going to be healthy. You know, that's not going to work. you know it's not the thing it's not always a hope (laughs) there's always a hope right there's always hope but long term you know it's not going to be there because unless you can actually tie that back into the identity of who you are as a person like actually or who you'd like to become as a person and then take the steps to affirm that identity then that's when you can get that sort of sticking power so like when you say that you're writing down your wins every day you know i love that because what that's doing is it's affirming for you in your own mind that you're a person that wins every day Right. And so now you get, you know, you get 12 months down the road and you're going to be like, and somebody's going to be like, you know, how can you move this rock forward? Or can we, can we do this? And be like, yeah, I'm a person that wins every day because I've affirmed that in my life daily over the last 12 months. Yeah. You win every day because you've, you've told yourself and you've affirmed that as an identity, right. And created that habit there. Well, another reason I need to be doing that every day is for the affirmation part. Totally. Yeah. You know, in the, the YouTube trailer of your book, you shared a story about how you uh, were speaking to some young leaders, young students. I'm going to call them leaders because I really believe leadership's a lifestyle, not a positional aspect. So they were young leaders. Uh, and they asked you a question about, uh, I think this was the question, did your life turn out the way you thought it would? 
you know, kind of looking back, I think to where they're at right now, to where you're at, um, instead of giving the answer, I want you to answer that question. And how did that impact you as, as you look to this sewing principle? Yeah. So I'm, I'm still a young man. I'm, I'm only 41. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I was with a group, a group of young. All men. right. Let me stop you there, Jason. Hold on, hold on. You're, <laughs> you've got the young kids and you're definitely still a young man. I actually have some teenagers and I'm 45. All right. All right. Here's what I've had to embrace. I feel as young <laughs> as can be, and I believe I'm young as can be, but doggone it. I realized they think I'm old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was that was one of the big realizations with this conversation with these young men. They were in, they were in their uh, teens, and they're like, you know, uh, you know, has life turned out the way that you want it? And I'm going, well, hold on a second, I'm not done. I'm just getting warmed up. Like I'm like, what do you mean has life turned out? Like I'm just getting started. Like you know, every day, you know, kind of learning new new things. And but it was it was a good wake up call question because. You know, I think if you asked me when I'm 20, where would I be when I was 40? Would my life look like it does today? There's certain aspects, absolutely, that I that I was excited about, the opportunity to have a family. There's certain things that I didn't see, didn't didn't forecast. You know, I didn't wake up believing that I was going to, you know, be a part of running this company and working with this great team. It's just not something that that was an opportunity that came up, right? And so many different things. But so yeah, and I think there's a lot of us that we kind of lose track of the we have maybe hopeful dreams and goals and somewhere along the way we lose sight of that hope or we lose sight of that goal or dream. And that's kind of what I sort of started to recognize in that question is like, it's okay to, to not necessarily be where you thought you were going to be, but don't give up on the hope of maybe where the direction that you believe you're supposed to be moving towards or where you're supposed to be going. Right. I, I think that's where maybe a midlife crisis comes in, right. As you wake up and you're going, Oh my gosh, I'm X age. And I, my life doesn't look anything like I thought that it would. Um, that's okay, but it does, shouldn't necessarily be a point of despair. Um, there's, you've got to kind of find a way to, to be able to move forward and find the direction that you are supposed to be going. Right. Uh, right. I see that in, and I can see it as I've gone through different stages of life, just in recognizing, okay, this isn't exactly what I thought I'd be experiencing at this stage in life, but what am I going to do with that now? Right. Yeah. You know, I love that. And it, it, it brings up a thought for me, just so you know, I'm not a farmer either. I, I did grow up with a dad who gardened a lot and I grew nice. up with farmers. Okay. Yeah. Um, but to tell you, I really understand that I don't. So if anyone is listening and you are a farmer, I apologize for any mistakes I make here. Um, if I look at my young life, if you, if you were to read my story, read my book, things like that, what you're going to see, Jason, is a guy who was in his young teens or late teens, young twenties, very lost. Really. I didn't know what life had. And if I look back, what, what I would tell you is for a period of time, I planted seeds, but they were just, I was just planting seeds. What I mean by that is I wasn't planting a particular type of seed to get a particular type of harvest. Gotcha. And I feel like life ebbed and flowed. And, and because I'm a man of faith, I really feel like, um, you know, God was in control of getting me to where I'm at today. But here's the question I want to ask. Do you feel that we can plant specific seeds to get a specific outcome? Or do you feel that at some level we are left up to chance to an outcome that's not always foreseen? I think I put a lot more emphasis and effort in, you know, we, we have the saying when I was growing up, you know, I'll do the sowing and God does the growing. And I used to kind of say it tongue in cheek, but I think there's actually really something there. Um, 
I do the sowing in the sowing of the seeds that I believe God's calling me to be sowing. Um, and as far as the harvest or what it is that he would like to do in and through or with those seeds that I sow, I've got to be able to let go and let God do that. Um, and if I put too much effort and emphasis on, you know, the outcome, uh, then I may be taking away from energy, effort, and, and attention that I should be actually putting into the sowing or the cultivating or, you know, relationships or whatever it is that I'm working on. Um, I, I think that answers your question. But if you get too caught up on the outcome, I think you can you can do yourself a disservice because we it's right back to that same question of, you know, the silver bullet. But we were so destination focused mm-hmm. in everything that is taught to us, you know, what's your, what's your goals. And I'm a big goal setter. I love goals. Um, but you know, um, we're very destination focused, but I don't bless. And we say things like it's, it's about the journey, but it really is. Right? <laughs> it really is. No, it, it fully is. And I will tell you it, this is a, uh, a resource I will put out in the near future. And I, I don't have a predicted date. It's one of those, you know, how, when, when you have a thought, you kind of have to you have to let it uh, simmer in your mind for a while. It, Absolutely. It takes yep. a little bit of time to really just produce to where it's, it, it's user-friendly. Um, but really, I'm working on one right now of what I'm going to call achievement addiction. Okay. I feel like that we as a society, we are so focused on achievement. We have elevated success up to this level. And we don't realize that success can be being a father, of a great father of three young daughters or a father of four children or a great husband success is as we define it. And I really feel like we have allowed ourselves to get caught up in this achievement pursuit instead of just a journey of significance by planting these seeds. Um, So yeah, it'll be interesting. You and I, we're going to have to stay connected because we're we're aligned in some of this. And I I would love some of your input on this as well to keep this going. You said you love goals. And uh, you are generous enough to offer the listeners of this podcast a resource where we're all about goal setting. It's a goal setting workbook. Um, Can you share your thoughts on goals? Because I'm going to be honest, we all talk about goals, but we most of us fail over and over and over in the achievement of goals to a point that sometimes actually I have guys that work for me that I don't even care to set goals this year because I'm not going to do it. So What's some of the thoughts you have to make goal setting actually work and useful? Yeah. So I actually have had that sort of roller coaster of like, how do I feel about goals? You know, I've, I've set goals for many, many years of my life, both short-term and long-term goals. And over the last couple of years, I've been reading uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear is a great book and a couple other ones. And I just, I was kind of at that point where I was like, I don't even know if I want to set like one year goals this year because I set them and I don't do them. And I just, and it, it, it was almost more deflating than it was encouraging. Right. Um, so what I, I worked on over this last year and kind of put together as a workbook was, I call it, the name has got to be changed one day, but I call it the identity focused goal setting workbook. Because what I, what, what I was recognizing in myself is that if I could identify the person that I wanted to become in a particular area of life. So if I could look down the year, you know, down the road a couple of years and be like, you know, Jason Elcott in 2025 is you know, the husband of, you know, you know, my, my wife, and we have this incredible relationship and incredible marriage. And, and, and that's how, the type of person and man that I want to be. And I want to continue to grow into. Okay. So then I walk that backwards all the way to, to today. Okay. So what does the, what does that man, what is Jason doing on a daily basis? That's allowing him to become that man over the next number of years. And so 
my goals, the goal setting workbook is really focused on who's the type of person that you want to become over the next two years, three years, five years, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Um, and, and then walking it backwards to what's the simple daily action that that type of a person makes. So you say you want to be a person of integrity or, or you want to have, you know, um, you know, a particular financial situation. Okay. So what type of decisions does a person that lives in that financial situation, what type of decisions do they make on a daily basis with mm-hmm. their, with their finances? Or if you, you know, if you have health goals, you know, okay, so I want to be more of a healthy person. Well, what type of decisions do they make on a daily basis as they choose what they get to eat or how they exercise? So I'm not setting a goal for myself that I want to run a 10 K or a five K that might be a part of what that person does. The identity of the person that, that, you know, that I'm growing into does things like that, but that's not, that doesn't define them. That achievement doesn't define me as a person, but it may be a part of who I am. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes a ton of sense. So uh, John Maxwell in his book, The 15 Irrefutable Laws of Growth. Yeah. Um, I think it's the irrefutable. I get the I words mixed up. The 15 totally. laws of growth. How about that? Uh, one of the statements in there that I love is it's impossible to act in a way that is inconsistent with the way you see yourself. 100%. And so if I'm looking in the mirror and I see a fat, lazy man, and tomorrow I want to run a 5K or, or not even run a 5K. Tomorrow I just want to start the process. Going for I <laughs> will never wake up in the morning and take the first step because I see myself as a fat, lazy man. I have to be able to affirm myself as being a man who is healthy or can be healthy and is doing it because of an insert, you know, Simon Sinek's why, if you want. So I love exactly what you're saying is it starts with the way we see ourselves. It starts, do I have the worth and value is the way I put it to actually take the step forward. Yeah. And so I just wanted to create a workbook that just, it was just something to ask the questions, just allow you to walk through it in a framework and, you know, use it as you see fit, gotten some great feedback on it. You know, we'll continue to update and revise that and, and mm-hmm. hopefully make it a stronger tool in the future. Cause I think there's some, I think there's something there. I think there's something powerful that can be used. Go ahead and tell us, uh, can you tell the listeners where they can get that tool? Yeah. So you can go to my website. It's uh, jasonalcott.com, J A S O N A L C O T T.com forward slash gift G I F T. Perfect. And uh, listeners, make sure you take advantage of that. It'll also be in the show notes if you did not catch all of that. So you will be able to get your hands on that uh, resource. Jason, I do appreciate uh, you for for doing that. So we talk about goals. We talk about achievement. We've talked about um, identity. We've talked about sewing. Let me ask this. Um, what brought you to this point of caring so much about all of this? It's a good question. I think it's been ingrained in me um, since I was a child. I grew up in a home where my parents were very focused on personal growth and development. There was a lot of books around and a lot of opportunities for me to read. Um, and so I grew up reading and I, was, I, I enjoyed reading. But I also got to the point where I would I was consuming a ton of information, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, I recognized that I couldn't just be a consumer of information, but that I needed to um, I needed to be able to share some of what I was learning because, you know, when you share, you actually you actually learn way more. Absolutely. <laughs> which Absolutely. which I which I've been learning, and also I, I think I've just had this call in my heart that recognizing you know what's your purpose in life, and that's taken me a while to continue to 
to hone in and recognize, but I believe that God's given me some specific skills, gifts, talents, and abilities to take information, to be able to clarify it, to be able to relay it in a, in a communicable way. Um, and I have, I'm learning to do that hopefully better and better as I go forward. And that's what the videos are a big part of. It's, it's learning to how can I take ideas and communicate them to inspire people to, to move and to, to go after their purpose and to, to make the positive change that I know that they want to take. So can I help somebody on that journey? Um, it, and it's, as I've started down this road, it's like, it, became, it was started out very mechanical, right? Like I want to write a book. So I'm going to start getting up a little bit earlier in the morning and it was very mechanical. And now it's sort of snowballed into more of this passion that sort of, these are the best parts of my days and weeks when I get the opportunity to have conversations with people like you or to uplift people or record those videos or working on, you know, future writings. Those have now become a really great part of my life that fuels me as I go forward. That was a good answer. I love when I come up with a question like that, because a lot of times I throw people off. <laughs> Not that I intentionally try to do that. It's that well, we don't good. always, we don't think into things like this sometimes. And so it catches us off guard. And that was a, a very good answer. I want to add, that. hopefully this will feed into you a little bit or, or, or feed you as you continue to sow. One of the things I really see with you, Jason, is a, a sincere heart. Um, I don't know all the influencers in the social spaces, but so often I come across many and it just gives the, the sense that they're not really about everyone else. It's look at me, look at me, look at me, look how smart I am. Look at uh, this, look at that. No, oh, by the way, can you buy this from me? And, uh, one of the things I've learned by being around some pretty, I, I'll say, uh, larger name people within the Maxwell organization they all say this, that if you're trying to plan to be a big influencer, you usually fail, especially for the long term. It's those that go out with a sincere heart. And when you're just sincere and sowing those seeds right back to your book, that's when, in the case of the way you and I believe, that's when God takes control and can grow it into something that's usually far larger, a much bigger harvest than we ever imagined, ever see. And I really believe that that's part of your future because I see a sincerity in you that's beyond just, hey, I want to get followers. It's I, I genuinely want to help. Uh, so for what that's worth, uh, I, I, I look forward to being a part of your life going forward because I think there's big things ahead with the sincerity of how you're presenting um, really what, you, what you've learned. You're just giving back what's been given to you. Well, Scott, I really appreciate that. I've definitely not somebody that's got it all figured out by any stretch, but, but love the opportunity to share. And yeah, it's, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because you're in this, in this world, but we now live in, and you're doing this with the podcast and what do you, what do you get to look at? The only feedback you get to look at is, you know, listeners, the number of listeners mm -hmm. or how many people watch that video or, you know, how many people bought the book. And, but that, that's, that's not, an, that's not going to, you know, if you're focused on that, you're, you're in a lot of trouble real fast. Right. <laughs> right? right. You know, and, it, and it's not really about you per se, and it doesn't necessarily you know, come from you and it's not the right validation either. Right. It, it, you know, I only needed one person to read the book and tell me that it really impacted them and really uplifted them and encouraged them to make some positive change in their life. And I was good. You know, right. <laughs> I'm happy, you know, I'll never forget a, a sermon I heard that was probably in my young twenties. And honestly, I was seeking my calling and seeking purpose too. And this pastor was talking really about the compound effect in essence. He didn't call it that, but he talked about it from a kingdom perspective, a heavenly perspective. So you and I believe that there's life after this life on earth. We believe that there's a heaven. We believe that 
um, there will be rewards for the work that we have done down here. Um, and, and so the, the interesting thing as he presented is, he, you know, and I'm not saying this is theologically sound, but it was a great mental picture for me. Uh, he said he believes that when God is basically testing what we did and our results and our impact, that it's going to be a compound effect. So what it means, Jason, is if I invest in your life, and that's all I did in my entire life is I just, I just changed you. Yeah. However, if you took what I poured into you and changed thousands of people, that in God's math, I get the credit for the thousands because of who I poured into of that one. And that was just, that was big for me to realize my impact doesn't have to be significantly large. I, you know, again, I go back to the achievement thing. I don't have to be the most well-known. Totally. I just need to be someone, and I know you align with this, just need to be someone that's making a, a little difference. And listeners, I hope that's the message you take today is just impact the lives that you have. If you're a manager, impact the few that that are working with you. If, if you're a business owner, it's, it's more than financial results. I promise just take the impact and watch what the seeds can do. No, that's awesome. Jason, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, let us know where we can get this book. Also, I love the principle of it. The more I'm talking, and I apologize, I'm taking your stage here at the end, but um, you have really lit me up on this whole idea of every little step matters. Where can we get the book? You can get it on Amazon. Um, they, they do a great job of printing those on demand and making, I think it's available. If you have Amazon Kindle unlimited, you can actually get it and read it for free. Um, but, uh, otherwise you can over to, head over to jasonalcott.com. There's a link there for you. Um, I send out a weekly email, um, just as a, as a quick update. It's not a huge inbox burner. It's just got a link to the video that I do every week and a quick, couple of quick comments. And so you can, you can get that if, if you're of interest as well. Awesome. Um, listeners, I, I want to encourage you to do one more thing. And, and I never would have known how important this is until I authored my own book. Don't just buy it. Please leave a review. Uh, a five-star review is great. An honest review is better. And better so, yeah. <laughs> but, but taking the time to leave the review is appreciated. So please do that for Jason. Jason, I want to give you an opportunity. This is a, one of those hard ones that, that you haven't probably prepared for. Sure. Uh, and it's not really a question. It's just, I would like to give you an opportunity to close out this particular podcast by maybe sharing that one message that's on your heart right now. That one thing that's just sitting there and maybe you didn't even know why it's there, but you know what? It's a message that you really feel business owners and business leaders can really grow from. Yeah, for sure. No, thank you for that opportunity. Um, I've been doing some research lately about a term uh, that by the name by called anti-fragile. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. The mm -hmm. gentleman by the name of Nassim Taleb talked about it. And I love this concept. What it is, is he, he looked at the idea of, you know, when you're fragile, that means that you're easily broken. So I think of it in business very specifically. You know, you've got a lot of business leaders that are listening to this. You know, when you're in a fragile situation, that means you can easily be broken. So you're overwhelmed by maybe the stresses of life. So there's a lot of think of people think of the op the opposite of being fragile as being resilient or robust. So you want to build a business that is that is strong and is going to weather the storm. I think that's very common. But on the other side of the spectrum is this term that he calls anti-fragile. And being anti-fragile means that when we actually go through challenges, we actually get stronger. Mm. 
And I love that idea, both in my personal life and in my business life, because if I can create an identity around the fact that when I face challenges, I'm not just resilient, but I actually get stronger. I actually grow and my organization grows as we face challenges. Then that means that as we walk through daily life, we're always growing because we're always going to be faced with challenges. We're always going to be faced with opportunities to learn new things. And I just, I'm right now, I'm just, I'm loving this concept, this idea that if that's my mindset, that when I come against something that I believe is a roadblock, God actually wants to use that as a building block in my life, that I'm actually taking steps forward on top of those pieces. I think that can be so powerful in our personal life and in our organizations. I think it's a great quote to end with here. You've probably heard it, but uh, life is not happening to us. It's happening for us. Yes. For the growth with the, the uh, anti-fragile. Love that, Jason. Hey, listen, I want to thank you for giving your time to get today. I mean, uh, you, you don't get anything for this except to plant some seeds and share. And, and I really do appreciate you taking time. It was a pleasure hearing about your book, hearing about the way that you're impacting our world. And uh, I know this was a great episode for me, and I look forward to staying in connection with you. If our listeners would like to connect with you, can you give us a few ways of doing that? Uh, so the best way would be through jasonalcott.com, uh, Jason, J-A-S-O-N-A-L-C-O-T-T.com. Uh, head over there and there's an opportunity to get a newsletter. There's also, you can send me a note right through the website. It comes to me, I promise. <laughs> um, I'm on I'm on social media, uh, learning. Apparently, I even have TikTok now. Like, it's crazy. Ooh. Like, I am, I, yeah, I know, right? It's, it's, uh, my niece is 16. You are young. She thinks, she thinks that's <laughs> hilarious. I told her, like, I'm on the TikTok now. Like, I put my videos out there. She just she gives me a really hard time. <laughs> Um, I'm sure my kids will one day too. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. So if you, if you type Jason Elcott into Google, there's not too many of us. So I come up right away, which is really helpful. <laughs> so excellent. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, listeners, again, all of this will be in the show notes. If you didn't capture it all, you're driving down the road. No fear. It's going to be right there waiting for you. Jason, it was a privilege. It was a pleasure. I want to thank you for spending time with us today. And uh, thank you for your sincere giving. Thanks for having me. Congratulations. You made it to the end of this show. This can only mean that you found the conversation and content relevant and beneficial to your growth and the growth of your business. If that is the case, please choose to subscribe to this podcast on your platform of choice to ensure you do not miss a single valuable episode. And if listening on Apple Podcast, your five-star review is also appreciated.